This episode is brought to you by Extinet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Extinet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations, relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country, with services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Extinet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit extinet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T.com. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues. Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. Sports stadiums and large public venues come in all shapes and sizes. Some have domes, some have natural grass fields, some have banked concrete ovals where cars drive fast. While no two stadiums may be perfectly alike, there's one thing that all stadiums today have in common, a reliance on technology. This is the Stadium Tech Report podcast, where we talk to people on both ends of the stadium technology equation, including the stadium technology teams who deploy it and use it, and the vendors and service providers who supply it. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report and your host, on the Stadium Tech Report podcast. Since Levi's Stadium opened in 2014, the San Francisco 49ers have used their new home to push the envelope on technology-inspired innovation, mostly to see how they can improve the fan experience. One of the latest twists introduced by the Niners at Levi's Stadium was an innovation that combined technology with process. Under a program called the Member Inclusive Menu, season ticket holders now get free food and drink off a list that includes stadium favorite food items and non-alcoholic beverages for all 49ers home, regular, and preseason games. Listen in as 49ers Chief Strategy Officer Moon Javed explains the thinking behind the Member Inclusive Menu program and how its success may spur additional innovations in the Levi's Stadium Concessions Program. We're joined today by Moon Javade, Chief Strategy Officer for the San Francisco 49ers. Moon, thanks for joining us today. Paul, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to chat with you today. Yeah, uh, we are going to talk today about um, the Niners' new all-inclusive concessions plan. We'll get to that in a little bit. It's very interesting. Um, I, I did want to start out just with a little bit of background because First of all, I can't believe it's going to be eight years now that Levi's Stadium has been open, which is just crazy. It seems like yeah, just yesterday, as we said, yeah, we're all there broiling, broiling in the sunshine as they're cutting the ribbons. My my feeling of Levi's has always been, you know, this was a stadium. It was built with the idea that it was going to push things forward, and it did. I mean, there's no doubt that so many of the new stadiums that have come online since then saw what happened at Levi's said, we've got to do that. We're going to try to do it one better. We'll try to do it a little bit differently, but especially when it comes to concessions, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, the whole idea of 
uh, the Niners were going to deliver, have in-seat delivery to every seat. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it worked out the way people had it planned, but the idea was just stunning that there was this thought that everybody in the stadium mattered and the fan experience mattered. So maybe if you could just, you know, talk a little bit about the philosophy that, that the Niners have, you know, specifically with, you know, as relates to just the overall fan experience. And then in a little bit, we can uh, drill down on the, on the new concessions plan. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And for, for me, fan experience is very important. And it's, it's one of the main reasons why I joined the Niners back in 2013, right when, right before we're opening at Levi stadium. And, you know, if we go back to that time period, I'm um, really Jed York and, and Alan Prague at that time wanted to hire in a group of, Called like ex consultants um, to really help think about different projects that we could spearhead within the stadium. One of them that you alluded to was in seat delivery. Um, another was actually heading up our retail store. Another was opening up our Michael Mina restaurant that we have within our stadium. Right. And I think just just even having that mindset to begin with of, of doing things a little bit differently and hiring some some different types of people was really the genesis of 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 this journey. And then. As Jed and the executive team started to really think through the, the stadium design and, and building out the stadium, and once we finally opened, you know, I think a ton of credit goes to Jed in um, the fact that we opened up called a $1.4 billion statement, and then we spent the next five to 10 years really working through enhancements, improvements, um, based off of all the feedback that we're hearing from our fans across, you know, hundreds of thousands of surveys, and um, I can talk about real-time analytics and, and all those good pieces with you, but it really starts with that mindset and that drive. And, you know, one, I guess two other big pieces in there that I'd allude to are really, you know, the mindset that your stadium is going to be here for a very long time. And we, we had launched, you know, underneath, underneath the umbrella of our SBLs, which are, which our season ticket holders have bought licenses. So we knew that they were going to be with us for a long time um, because they paid these licenses. So we wanted to make sure that they had a, a quality experience um, and want to keep coming in game in and game out for the next 30 years. And um, that comes with a, I think, a relentless focus on fan experience. Well, all right. So let's talk then a little bit about this new plan, because a, a lot of people may not know exactly what it entails. But I, I mean, I remember going to one of the early Niners games and I was actually a guest of uh, the venue next folks. So it, it wasn't a typical yeah. press pass. I had a club pass. And I just thought it was the coolest thing because, like, look, I've, I've usually either been in the press box or in the nosebleed seats when yeah. I got to games. And I had the club pass and I got the all-inclusive. And, you know, you're looking around, you're saying you just grab this. It's all and like, yeah, it's all part of the club pass. So tell me, did did some of that thinking and why don't we start out? Why don't you just describe what the all-inclusive plan is uh, just from a bare bones thing, uh, just so people who may not know what's going on? I definitely appreciate that little anecdote. And that was for, for me, I was down there in the first game too. And, and seeing fans literally have that reaction and ask me that question um, brought the biggest smile to my face. And it was, yes, you absolutely do get this and you don't have to pay anyone for it. Um, but if I take like, you know, many steps back and, and walk through the, the thought process and rationale here was um, earlier I alluded to the, you know, the hundreds of changes we've made at Levi stadium through um, focuses, focus groups hundreds of thousands of surveys. We have happy or not terminals, which are the smiley face terminals that you might've seen that ask you a question, like how is your security screening experience? I've seen them do the little whack-a-mole. It's really good. Exactly. And we, we've, uh, we have about a hundred of those in our building as well. So we aggregate all this information and then 
we can really have a good understanding of how our fans experiences throughout a game and where their friction points are. Um, so throughout the course of the last seven, eight years, we've really taken that feedback and made Paul close to 200 different changes within Levi stadium, wow. big things ranging from the ring of honor, um, being added to the stadium, um, adding our touchdown terrace with local partners being a concessions one, obviously our member inclusive menu, which I'll talk about a little bit more in just a second. And it can be small things like adding in ropes as pedestrians are crossing the street so that, you know, it's a little bit more controlled. So we truly have uh, listened to our fans and created a process to where we can aggregate all the information and, and distill it out to our key decision makers. Um, as it relates to concessions, though, we kept, we, no matter what we did, we couldn't get the scores to be higher. And we, we, we saw great improvements across every other area of the business, except for concessions. And then I started to dig a little bit deeper and I started talking to the NFL and I said, hey, can, you, can, can we see what all the other teams look like? And you know, it's a very easy pattern, which is concessions is the lowest rated experience element across all NFL teams. Then I reached out to the NBA and I reached out to the MLB and the same pattern held. Concessions is just the lowest rated area across a fan's experience. I, it made me think through me being a, I love going to the movies and um, I go to the movies way too much as my wife will tell you. <laughs> um, but, and I hate buying popcorn and soda when I, I hate spending $12. Um, you know, there and, and I can sort of understand that mindset for a consumer or right. you feel like you're you're being charged a, a, a lot of money for these products. I can tell you on the if we you're a hostage, other, you're a hostage, right? You're a hostage exactly. to the price. Exactly. And I can do a whole nother talk with you on why that price is actually really justified, because that's what it actually does cost us to be able to get that hot dog to you and be able to um, provide it. So it's not oh, like yeah. people are making a, a killing on concessions. It's. Um, not, not like that at all. So you sort of bridge all those pieces together, you know, with value being a big piece of detriment to the fan experience. We decided that we wanted to really go, go all in and say, we'll include the food that the fans want most for free. And so when we originally launched in 2019, the, the concept of it, we didn't launch until 2021 because we didn't have fans in our building. Right. <laughs> Nobody did. Yeah. But in 2019, we launched our fans and we said, Hey, you're going to get your, your hot dogs, your French fries, your sodas, your nachos, your pretzels, your peanuts, your candy. You're going to get that all included in, your, in the price of your season ticket. And then through a blend of both operations and technology, we're able to really deploy um, this type of experience in, in, in our stadium. When we come back, all-inclusive concessions sounds like a good idea, but how does it actually work? More from Moon Javay after the break. This episode is brought to you by Xtenet Systems. Connecting customers quickly, securely, and reliably to networks and solutions is more crucial than ever. Xtenet Systems powers the networks that make buildings run with secure 5G and fiber-neutral host solutions found in thousands of locations, relied upon by some of the largest sports and entertainment venues in the country with services that include infrastructure, indoor-outdoor mobility, private wireless networks, and enterprise connectivity, Xtenet provides businesses with what they need to thrive. Visit xtenet.com to learn more. That's E-X-T-E-N-E-T dot com. If you like our show, why not take a minute now to subscribe to make sure you don't miss another great episode. Simply go wherever you look for fine podcasts, and search for Stadium Tech Report. We can be found on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and on SoundCloud. 
You should also visit our website at stadiumtechreport.com and sign up for our email newsletter, where you will find links to all our past podcast episodes, as well as all the breaking news, analysis, and commentary that will tell you all you ever need to know about the Stadium Technology Marketplace. So then how does it work, uh, technically? So every season ticket holder, right? That's that's different tiers up and down the building. Yeah. They, do they come to their own special window? Does it? Do they go to a regular concession stand? Are there separate concession stands? Because, I mean... You know, it strikes me that there's a big operational side to this as well. Huge, huge operational side. I appreciate you asking that. I would say it's equal, equal technology and operations. You know, if I start on the technology side, Venue Next is our partner, and we absolutely wouldn't have been able to deliver this without Venue Next and really upgrading our point of sale technology. So a big piece of the Venue Next experience is they're already integrated with Ticketmaster, so they can identify for us who is that season ticket holder or not. And that's that's a little complex. What's actually what's more complex than that, which is where they really shine and have helped us out, is the transfers. So, Paul, you're a season ticket holder. You have four tickets. You're going to transfer three tickets to your buddy about five minutes before you walk into that door. Um, And we need to be able to identify your three buddies and and get them the the benefit um, for, for, uh, you know, for the food. And but we we don't want the people that you know are not season ticket holders that are buying off the street to be able to get that benefit. So that technology is all being provided, and that identification is all being provided by Venue Next, and it runs through to actually the point of sale. So we definitely need that to work. And you know, uh, through working with Venue Next over the last couple of years, we've been able to 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 have that be polished out, and we're really excited about how that performed this year. Um, and then as that technology was was laid out. Then that's where we're really able to do a lot of things on the operational side to really help this experience. And we would not have been able to, to have had the experience had we not made some of these improvements. So I think first off the gates, we, from an infrastructure perspective, we spent millions of dollars on cooking equipment. So we did load testing in our building. And basically after the season ended in 2019, after we announced, we spent like a week just firing up our kitchen and seeing how many hot dogs we could produce, how many notches we could produce. And then figuring out where our gaps and weaknesses could be and then hmm. making sure we had the appropriate equipment. In addition to that, when we got to the, the season, I would say we made some, some really big, really small tweaks that made big um, differences. So to your point, we did open up some season ticket holder or, or um, you know, access only lines. We opened up about eight of those stands. And so at those stands, one of the major benefits of those stands is we're able to um, make the identification at the start of the line. So by the time you got to the point of sale, when you're ordering, the transactions were flying through. So at those stands, we were seeing about, about 50%, I'd say, maybe 20, 30, 30 or 40% more transactions at those stands. I could give you the exact number, Roger could, but it's it's a significant amount more transactions and throughput through those stands, um, which is really helpful. We also deployed what we what are line busters, and that that is simply just a person that's standing out in the line with a point of sale in their hand and taking your order. What, what that does is that basically takes away a minute at the transaction and right. while you're waiting in line. We did simple things like putting the menus on the, like while you're waiting in line, we mm-hmm. put the menus in the exact way they'd look on the kiosk because we noticed that fans were taking a little bit of time, like trying to adjust to what the kiosk would look like and how to do it. So we put pictures along the way so that when they got to the kiosk, they could speed up. And all of our changes were really centered towards how could we get people through faster and, and, and more throughput. And those operational changes were, were really big, and they're actually led by a team that we 
we, we affectionately call our minterns. So like it's our interns <laughs> and our member inclusive menu. So we hired about 30 of those um, individuals and a lot of them are, you know, college students from, from Santa Clara and, and, and around the corner. And they were really vital to and being on the front lines and, and talking to the customers and really educating them and, and working through all the challenges and um, all those pieces. So that ops piece was very big. So, so let me just make sure I, I have this straight because I ha- unfortunately I haven't been to a Niners game recently. But so there's a the queue. You you come up to the queue and there's a thing, and I'm uh, guessing this is somehow in the app. You know, you have confirmation in the app. Is that correct? That you you're a season ticket holder, and then you you gain access to the area. And then there's an ordering area, and it's either the person with the device or a kiosk, and you place your order. Is that correct? So the line I'm talking about is season ticket holder line like a traditional line that you enter in through Scansion, we've placed at the front of them big banners that say season ticket member only that look the exact way that the TSA pre-check side, we stole the design and idea from that where the TSA pre-check sign is at the airport. Yeah. They kind of flag and you kind of see it. At the start of that line, you'll show your um, season ticket member badge. Okay. And for okay. season ticket holders, it's red. And for everyone else, it's black. So for, for or gold or different colors. So for a fan, they don't know what the colors means. We do as we're checking the badges. So if you're red, you know, you, you come on through if you're a different color. We actually have a second person that's there that's a troubleshooter. So one person's a checker, the second person is a troubleshooter so that we can keep the lines running. And then once you're kind of through that, then you can just go up to the front and order your food. And for our season ticket holders in the in the bowls, they get four items per transaction. Right. So they'll, they'll go up and they'll say, okay, I want two chicken tenders and two hot dogs. And to be honest, they don't even say that. They'll just push that into the kiosk. Right. Then the receipt prints out and the person will take it and they'll fulfill their order. And then they go into another window and it's like an order number and it like just like a regular fast food type restaurant. Or they'll just give it to them right there. They'll stay, stand right there. and Because it's ready. Because it's already ready. Mostly ready. It's it's pretty. Most of the food is, you know, fired pretty quickly. Hot dogs, um, right. french fries, sodas. And I'm guessing because I know you guys are big on, you know, looking at data and and, and using it to inform you, but it's like, these are the most commonly ordered things anyway. We know they're gonna come get them. Let's make it easier to get them instead of having them have to go to a, a regular stand with you know maybe 50 different things and 75% of the people are gonna get a hot dog, right? I mean, it, it just seems like slowly but surely people are finding or try, trying different ways to improve uh, the concessions experience. And I, I think this, this method of streamlining things that people want the most is yeah. is just one that just makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that, and we, we spent a lot of time actually taking down the number of items we had and for, for our menuing, and we spent years, you know, and we, we have a line about this, at, at, which is, you know, for years we we listened to the fans and they told us they wanted salads and they wanted healthier fruit and they wanted vegan options, and at the end of the day, they they order hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you're asking them in the comfort of their own home, it's like, well, yeah. I should eat better. But man, you go to a game. It's like, how many times do you go to a game? You want game food, right? Exactly. You want a brat. You want a beer. You want the nachos yeah. or the chicken fingers. So, but yeah, that's great. Say that, but we have numbers that prove otherwise. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, you know, our goal is to get that food to you as fast as we possibly can. And, and we, we did a pretty good job at that this year. Coming up next, how did the Niners fans react to the all-inclusive menu? More from Moon Javed after the break. This episode is also brought to you by Matsing. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network 
to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues? Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. So overall, I mean, we don't have to talk numbers, but just tell me overall, like, what what was the feeling? Because I know the fans are actually pretty good at Levi's too about letting you guys know what's working or what's not. I, I mean, I just I, I just know from you know circumstantial evidence that there was a lot of you know praise for it. But you know, what did you guys hear? Like, yes, this is great. Uh, you know, and and so how did it go? Really? Yeah, I would say the season went very successfully. We were we were very pleased in, internally with the results, and the fan satisfaction was at an all time high for concessions in, in our building. So those were, those were all great things. We definitely improved along the way, you know, that the first preseason game, it definitely, I would not say, I would <laughs> say it was a very successful launch because they, you know, tech could have failed, operations could have failed. We got through right. all of our orders and, you know, we didn't have any major, um, you know, issues. I think you alluded to something really major and it was really important that helped us out. And it's it's been curated through time, but it was our, our fans trust in us. And so through eight years of doing focus groups and making changes, I think our fans trust that we are actually really trying to do a good job and and uh, right. you know deliver them a good experience. So they were easy on us in 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 the in those first in the preseason games. Um, and then by regular season, we were able like we we we'd figured out that we wanted to do the line bus. We'd figured out that we wanted to have these season ticket member dedicated lines, and we, we'd figure out a couple of these operations pieces by like you know the first and second regular season games that really like really changed it for us. Um, and so I'd say overall it was super positive from a, from a throughput perspective, which I think was the most important KPI for me, which is just how much we were able to serve. Um, we had more transactions this year than we did in 2019 and our, our attendance was, was um, not the same. So we were able to serve more people, which was really good. Our fan satisfaction was an all time high. Um, and then financially performed very well as well. So I think all three areas we felt pretty happy about. Yeah. And, and I had another question too, is like, what did this do to the rest of the concessions, you know, to the, to the people who weren't season ticket holders into alcohol and everything else, did it free up resources? Did it streamline those things too? Cause I'm thinking if you take all those people out of those lines, these lines are going to move faster. You're going to be able to do more different. I mean, what did, how did it affect the, you know, the overall, the whole concessions, you know, operations? You know, I'd say one of the biggest pieces about the concession experience that's different will be different in future years is just, we know a lot more. And so right. I think it was, I told Al, who's our team president this dur during the project was, you know, no team, including me and, and our team would have invested this much time in concessions and understanding it. And now that our team understands it a, a, a little bit better and, we were really down um, in the weeds with our concessionaire team. We formed a really good relationship with the, with them on the ground. Yeah. Um, and there's that really good trust that's there now. We're going to be able to unlock even more. And so, one of the things I did notice, like right, right at the gates, in terms of what you're chatting about, we didn't have as many people in our building this year. And I thought that throughput. Um, I think that we can do even more throughput. I'll just put it put it that right. way. And I think we can have more points of sales. And I think more people will buy beer, like in, in our building. It's something that everyone could say, like out the gates, but being down there and seeing it and then being like, okay, and then actually working through what people are actually ordering from breaking down the orders, 
and saying, okay, we definitely need more beer units in the building. Right. So I think we learned a lot to where what you're talking about, we can start to push those initiatives over the next couple of years. So things like, I guess, in terms of like learnings that we, we had that, that we will probably look at over the next couple of years, number one is adding a lot more points of sale, especially for beer. And I'm looking at adding like flex points of sale. So think of like a guy that, you, you know, a hawker, but not a hawker, like that's just kind of standing in one location that and he, he might move throughout the game based off of where the traffic is. Right. Um, looking just at that, like one thing. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then also looking at adding in more, what you might call like smart or autonomous um, solutions that you, you did see a lot of teams like implement successfully this year. So things like a grab and go concept or a, um, you know, a just walk out type of experience. Um, yeah. you know, we're going to start to look into that. And I think those are going to be additional ways that we can add more people. I'm looking into like increasing efficiency of our taps so that we can, so we can sell more beer quicker. But I think there's always room for more beer, especially when you're giving away food. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. It's funny. I thought you were like reading my script here because those were my next questions about those things. And, and yet with all these things, it, it comes to you have to like think about how do the line flows go, right? What's the real estate you need for this? It's you know, when you built the stadium, you probably never thought you were going to have a store where people walk in, grab a beer and just walk right out. Um, you know, yeah. well, do I need a better network connection there? Do I need, I mean, there's so many things to think about, right? When you implement something, it's like, we're going to do this with concessions. It's like, well, you have to do this with operations. You know, it, it sounds like you found a, a really good key method, I would say, to, to really help really improve the fan experience on the concessions front. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, that'll do it for me. Moon, I can't wait to get out there uh, to a Niners game using somebody's season ticket so that I can experience this because it, it sounds really good. And it's it's great to hear that you know, the Levi's uh, stadium tradition of always being at sort of the front edge of the fan experience continues and, um, you know, wish you good luck with it in the future and uh, can't wait to see what's next from you guys. So thanks again for joining us. I appreciate the, the time, Paul. Great questions and look forward to connecting again. Great. Well, thanks for listening. This is Paul Kapuska with the Stadium uh, Tech Report podcast. You can find us on iTunes podcasts, on Google podcasts, or you can just come to the cleverly come to the Stadium Tech Report website and sign up for our email newsletter, and you will never miss another great episode like the one today with Moon Dread from the San Francisco 49ers. This is Paul Kapuska saying thanks for listening. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors of Stadium Tech Report, whose support enables us to continue our efforts to bring our objective, unbiased, and unpaid for content to the stadium technology marketplace. Our supporters include our co-producing sponsor, AmpThink, our survey sponsor, Verizon, our podcast title sponsors, X2Net Systems and Matsing, and our publication sponsors, which include American Tower, Cox Business Hospitality Network, and Boingo. The Stadium Tech Report podcast is brought to you by Stadium Tech Report, the go-to publication for stadium technology news, analysis, and commentary. Technical production for the Stadium Tech Report podcast is led by creative director Dan Grimsley and digital designer Jackie Wen. Web and design work is by David Farris and John David. All contents of the Stadium Tech Report podcast are copyright Stadium Tech Report. Audio, video, and print content may not be reused without the express written consent of Stadium Tech Report.